0: chapter one my subject this morning is simply no other gospel we live in a time of never end with that has a never-ending supply of philosophies and things to believe various secular ideologies competing political mindsets even conflicting religious beliefs and even within the church We have begun to question and sadly graft into our faith in Christ what I'm just going to call other things in an effort simply to fit in, in an effort to come alongside the changing times and to become a word that I really, really don't like, to become woke. I remember when woke just meant you weren't sleeping. Now it means something completely different. My aim this morning, though, is not the varying ideas that the people of the world believe in. Because, yes, it can surprise us, it can even amaze us at some of the things and some of the belief system and some of the mindsets that people in the world will have. That's not my aim today. What's incredible to me is what some people within the house of God will wrap their arms around and embrace. Those who have tasted and seen how good the Lord is. And if it amazes you... Like it amazes me. We're in good company. Galatians chapter 1. I'll begin reading in verse number 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or any or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, that what we have, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what we than what you received, let him be accursed, for I do not persuade men, for I do now persuade men. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men I would not be a bond servant of Christ. No other gospel. Now, there is some debate within the scholars as to when Paul planted this, these churches in Galatia. Paul mentions a trip to Jerusalem in Galatians chapter 2, which we'll cover next week. Which, if that's when it happened, it would put it during his first missionary journey. Yet Acts chapter 15 talks about him preaching in Galatia, which would be during his second missionary journey we cannot know for sure i happen to think it's his second missionary journey but i also happen to think it doesn't matter it just doesn't doesn't matter paul taught this church the true gospel that they were justified by what jesus did alone the gospel of jesus really is good news we are set free from the burden of the law. We are set free from trying to earn things on our own. We are set free, which we are set free from trying to do something we could never do anyway. And then after he establishes these churches and he preaches the true gospel to them, Paul goes away and people come in. People. say people with me (laughs) those who would be later identified as judaizers now let's be clear who these people were these were jews who had accepted jesus as messiah they are christians but they are still committed to the cultural and social practices of being a jew so much so that they're having a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of a hard time letting go of some things. They taught that faith in Jesus was required to be in right standing with God, and, and, weeks ago we looked at the parable of the sower. There the evil one would come in and take the word away as soon as it was sown. Here, the issue isn't that the word's being taken away, is that the word is being added to. Traditions are fine. If you want to have your traditions, have them. They can be fun. Traditions can be identifying and bonding, especially within a family. But when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ, let me be clear, traditions do not matter. At all. That goes for ethnic traditions, that goes for national traditions, and that even goes for church traditions. There is not going to be a section in heaven just for Italians. It's not how heaven works. There's not going to be a section in heaven for those like me who on earth loved rice and beans. It's not how it works. There's also not going to be a section in heaven just for Americans or just for Europeans. There's going to be heaven, and it's going to be for all who believe in Jesus Christ. There's also not going to be a section in heaven just for the church of God. There's not going to be a section in heaven for the Lutherans or the Baptists. There are going to be Christians in heaven, and that's how heaven is set up. These traditions can be nice, but we must be careful not to add them to what is needed to be in right standing with the Lord. Jesus paid the price. And everything I read in the Gospels, everything I've ever studied, Jesus does not need any help covering our sins with his blood. Paul opens this letter by reminding them that it was Jesus Christ, in verse 3, who gave himself for our sins, why? That he might deliver us from this evil age. Paul preached good news that set people free. People didn't have to become Jewish or adherent to the law of Moses. Moses. They didn't have to become circumcised. All they needed was faith in Jesus. And there are so many people in our culture, when you say that, they go, that's it? it. There's something within human nature that anything they're a part of that they declare as a value, they need to be able to say, I did this, or I contributed to that, or it's because of what I did. Jesus saves you and can do it all by himself that's it. Without faith in the Lord, there is nothing anyone can do to gain favor in his presence. And this should be good news, which is what the, gospel, the word gospel means, good news. But then something happened. After Paul left, people came in and tried to add to the good news. From what we have of the biblical record, the main issue at this moment was circumcision. But other scriptures talk about just requirements about the law of Moses in general. Now, you know, if you want to go ahead and follow these principles, go ahead. They're actually not terrible principles. They're pretty good. But the principles that we follow, the code that we embrace, is not what justifies us before the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus is what justifies anyone before the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. Paul was beside himself. He says, in my translation, I marvel. In many, it might say, I'm astonished. He's basically saying, I am shocked. Completely shocked. Now, this isn't shock at what's going on in Galatia or in the Roman Empire among non-Christians. Because, again, you and I can look at the world or turn on the news or spend any more than 10 seconds on social media, and it's easy to become shocked. What passes for sanity that so little time ago passed for nonsense. But he's not talking about what's going on in the world. What he is saying he's, a, he's, he's shocked at is what's going on among the Christians. Yeah, in the world, it's amazing what passes for good, what passes for evil, what passes for decent. But that's not Paul's issue. He cannot understand why someone who tasted of freedom, freedom from all of this, would turn away To another gospel. He's basically saying. Was all of a sudden. Jesus's death not good enough. Did somehow Jesus miss something. When he gave his life for you and me. Or maybe this was it. Maybe Jesus only paid. Some of the price. Or he paid most of the price. And that's where you and I come in. To fill in the gaps. Hopefully you can see how. Nonsense this is. Jesus paid it all. He paid the entire price. We can trust him for our salvation. We don't need anything else. This is the foundation of the Christian faith, and it must stay the foundation of the Christian faith. This is what started the Reformation back in the 16th century. Back then, it was believed that if you wanted to have a right standing before God, what you needed was to come before a priest and have that priest say a special prayer. Also, then it began to develop, and then it became the known belief that when the Pope spoke, what he said was equal to, if not greater than, Scripture. And basically, Martin Luther got up and said, no, 95 times when he nailed these things onto a door. Now, before we pick on the Roman Catholic Church, let me be clear. If you want to, pray, uh, to praise here and raise your hands, you're free to. If you don't want to raise your hands, you're free not to. If you want to sing loud, on key or off key, you're free to. If you want to run around this church, as long as you don't knock anybody over, you're free to. If you want to dance before the Lord, you're free to. Doing those things is fine. Not doing those things is fine. But the moment that we use any of them to measure or assess whether or not someone has truly become a Christian, we have added to the gospel. And we are preaching another gospel. This is not the jump up and down church of God. This is not the run around the building church of God. This is not the sit still church of God. This is not the sing aloud church of God. This is the Calvary church of God. Because what he did on Calvary is all that matters. In being justified before him now we are a pentecostal denomination and we believe in the moving of the spirit and that that moving of the spirit did not fade away with the apostles and it's available today and we will encourage everyone everyone to let the holy spirit move in your life and in your worship and not just do it here but in every moment of your life but when it comes to salvation When it comes to what someone needs to be saved, they need to embrace and put their faith in the gospel because it is good news, and that is all they need. Paul was clear. If anyone preaches another gospel, even an angel from heaven, let them be accursed. And what's amazing to me is that Paul wanted to make sure they got that point because he says it in verse 8, and then in verse 9, Let me say it again. If anyone preaches another gospel, they are accursed. So we're going to be spending a few weeks in the book of Galatians because it talks about what so many in our culture claim they march about and claim they want. The book of Galatians talks about truly what freedom is. But for today, today, We're talking about that Paul declares that he's not here to please people. Now, if you're concerned with pleasing people and what they want to hear, you're going to live a really challenged life. When I put together these messages each week, I do my best to present a balanced message, one grounded in the scriptures, one where the Lord is leading me in what he wants to say, and how he wants to direct this church. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. One thing that never crosses my mind is if someone's going to like it. It never crosses my mind. I hope those listening would embrace a godly, biblically-based message. I hope that hearing the good news of Jesus is pleasing, and I hope that the word of God, rightly divided, is enriching. But whether or not anyone likes it, I will preach his word. Unlike social media, I'm not here for likes. This is not the Facebook church of God. Now in the rest of this chapter, Paul goes throughout chapter 1 in making it clear who called him. Making it clear why he was able to preach with authority. His authority didn't come from men. It came from God. His authority came from an encounter he had with Jesus on the Damascus Road. Paul met the Lord. Jesus saved him. Jesus anointed him. Jesus called him. And he made it clear because what was probably happening is once the Judaizers were attacking the message, they began to attack the messenger. And isn't that what you've seen in your life? If people can't get you off the message, they're beginning to attack you. They will attack the messenger. This he did because in addition to trying to discredit the message, they wanted to discredit him. Now, I'm grateful for the Church of God denomination, but the Church of God denomination did not call me. They did not place salvation in my life. They did not... Give me the call to be a preacher. I'm always leery when I ran the internship program for the Church of God in New York, bringing up new ministers, and I would ask them, why are you here? How did God call you? It would always pause me when I would hear any ministerial candidate say, well, my pastor thought I should go through this training program because he thinks I should be a preacher. If God didn't call you, you shouldn't be here. I'm grateful for our godly leaders. And I like being part of a movement or an organization because I believe it's biblical that I need to have authority over me. So it's a good thing to have a covering. But the church of God didn't call me. Jesus did. And Paul is basically saying, it doesn't matter what anyone says about the message. And if they're trying to pick on me, they should go talk to the person who called me. The church of God recognized the call in my life, and they have supported the call in my life. But the call comes from Jesus, just like everything else. It's from him. And whatever the call is of God in your life, it's God who called you. And church, that's good news. I've often been asked by some here, And even by others outside as I get together with different ministerial groups. What's my heart for this church? I can sum that up in one passage of scripture Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, that means freedom, to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, that means freedom, those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. No, I am not here for likes. I am here because there are people in our culture, there are people in our communities, there are people in our nation, there are people in our world who are broken and hurting and downtrodden, and they need to be set free. And the only way they will ever experience freedom is by a relationship with Jesus Christ. But that's not a popular gospel in today's world. I'm not here to preach a popular gospel. I'm here to preach the gospel. And I will preach the word of God without any apologies. Because the word brings freedom. Anything else, anything else is a false gospel, and it brings bondage, bondage. All of us have experienced it. I was recently delivering a talk in a Christian setting, Christians from a cross-section of churches throughout the body of Christ, And I got to a section of it where I was talking about marriage. And I said marriage is a covenant between a man, a woman, and God. And I got a question about that. Well, you know, today's world doesn't look at it that way. Can you say instead of a man, woman, and God, can you say just two people and God? And I was clear, no, I cannot. Because exactly what our world is trying to do is water down the gospel, is modify the gospel, is look at the gospel in a different way. I will preach the gospel wherever I am. But there are churches, even church denominations, who are drifting in some other directions. Let them drift. I will stay on the word of God. It is good enough for me. It was good enough for Jesus. Now, is our world broken? (laughs) That is a rhetorical question. Man, it's broken. Are there captives out there? Even ones they don't realize they're in captivity. Are people today blind? Oh, my goodness. We believe in the word of god and yet when we begin to express the principles upon which we stand people look at us like we're strange well first of all yeah we are strange but that's that aside why is it strange to proclaim jesus as lord well because some people don't believe in jesus that makes them captives and broken do you really believe that pastor that jesus is the only way yeah i do but that doesn't say nice things about people of other faiths jesus said i am the way I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus said that. So I have, an oppor- I, I have a choice here. I can either believe in Jesus or I can either believe in people. Please forgive me. I'm going to believe in Jesus. But the world is changing. Philosophies are Evolving. But God said he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what will history say about you, Pastor? I don't have words strong enough to say I don't care what history says about me. Other than it says he stood for the word of God. The world is broken that we live in. There are people who are captives, oppressed, poor, and sometimes those who are the poorest are not those with the least material means. Sometimes the rich can be the poorest because they believe. Everything I have is because of me. Really? No. Everything you have is because there is a concept floating in the world right now called grace. And it is by the grace of God that it rains on the just and the unjust. It is by the grace of God that you and I get up in the morning and take in breath and it does something that we can stay alive. It is by the grace of God that any effort we make to earn a living is successful because it is by the grace of God that any effort is within us. It is by God's grace and by his grace that Jesus came down to be like you and me, forsook being equal with God and came down that he could die for your sins and for mine and it is God's grace that allowed him to rise from the dead and give you and me power over the nonsense that goes on in today's world I would rather trust in the grace of God than in the philosophies and history of mankind it's just something within humanity It's got to be connected to something I do. I've got to be able, if I live a good life and do the right things and treat people nice, then of course, God will accept me because of what I've done. Now, this is going to sound harsh to some, but you can on your own never be good enough. Never let me encourage you to be good. Don't say, Pastor Hiram said out there, it doesn't matter if I'm good, so I'm going to go out there and be mean to people. No. We'll get to the other parts of Galatians where he talks about that. But when it comes to my right standing before God, the Christian principle that Martin Luther championed called justification by faith alone It is not a church. It is not a person. It is not because Pastor Hiram likes you. It's not because anybody else. It's because of what Jesus did. He died for your sins. He shed his blood. And that's why we are rightly standing before God. We have a broken world. We have a world in bondage. And a world that is blind. Blind and we have an answer we have good news and we need to share it whether they want to hear it or not stand with me please